So good afternoon or good morning or good evening, everybody, whatever it is where you are. It's a pleasure to see all your shiny faces on my computer screen. Um, the way this is going to work is really just an invitation for all of you to listen in to Ira and myself having a chat. That's really basically how we like to play it. Um, and you can reserve all your difficult questions for his, um, his later episode. But uh, howdy, brother. How are you doing? <laughs> that was my best American, by the way. Ooh, you better you better be careful with that. <laughs> I think um, he's I think he's fine. I haven't talked to him for a while. <laughs> thanks, Ira, for just uh, putting Psalm 19 on the map as a testimony to the glory of God. Um, just super ministry, as David was saying at the end, so full of richness. We appreciate it very much, and there's a lot for us to go back to. Um, so just to pick up on a, on a few things that um, appealed to me from what you said at the beginning, you were one of the statements you made is and you, you were um, keen to, to say it respectfully. You made that point that creation is a condemnation of atheism. And um, you have the, the blessing of living in a very beautiful place in Colorado and um, I do too, living in Manchester. <laughs> um, but there are other people around the world who might live in fear of God's creation. So, for example, those who are living in a place that might be prone to earthquakes or flooding, as an example, and maybe even have history of, you know, dreadful history of having lost loved ones and that kind of thing. And they live in fear of God's creation. You could even argue perhaps that our current situation, the pandemic, is a, a kind of um, blight that God's creation has on us, arguably. Um, my question would be, how would you respond to those who are in fear of creation rather than see it as a, as a reason to worship a God? Well... First of all, I'm glad this is a question and response time, uh, not question and answer. I appreciated that when I saw it as I go. If it's Ira, it's a response. So there are a few people on here who probably should be unmuted if you want an answer, a question and answer time. Um, I suppose, Steve, it's true, isn't it, that there are pieces of nature that are harsh. Um, and you could turn to Romans 8 and... and be reminded of the fallen creation, the groaning creation that we're a part of. Um, but I think maybe there's a useful thing of remembering too that the glory of God is a fearful and awesome thing. Uh, the children of Israel saw God's glory descend onto Mount Sinai and they heard his voice and they asked for him not to speak to them directly. Um, so yeah, I guess two things in that. Um, one is nature itself is broken because because of sin. I just turned to that just now. It says um, the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it. But the creation itself will be set free from slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. What a day that'll be when uh, the fullness of God's work has an effect on all of creation. So yeah, we live in a broken creation. Sometimes nature doesn't behave towards us the way it would have done towards Adam. Uh, we probably sometimes underestimate 
the glory of God, I think, and it's awe and it's fear. Um, and probably the easiest answer to that question is, is looking up, isn't it? No matter where we live, uh, the psalmist went straight to the macro things. We can see God in the little details of things around us, and we can see God's glory in the things that are around us. But the psalmist went straight to looking up, and maybe that should be our response to that as well. Look up, see, see the sun and the moon and the stars and the things that God's made. They proclaim his glory. That's really helpful. So I guess um, picking up on another point that you made that, uh, drawing a contrast actually between the first part of the, the psalm which was focused on creation and then the second part of the psalm which is focused on God's word one is temporary and and declining and the other is permanent and unchanging um, so I, I think the point that you were making if I understand rightly is that creation is damaged by sin we often think of sin being um just about people, uh, which of mm -hmm. course it is about people. But um, as we see bad things happening in nature, you would say that was as a consequence, fundamentally as a consequence of, of sin. Mm. Yeah, I think that would be true. So <clears throat> um, in the same way that God's word restores our inner man, our soul, there is a restoration, isn't there? Uh, all things to the word of God uh, and the, the things that can be shaken one day will be shaken I love going to that passage in Hebrews uh, to consider the all-consuming fire of God we sometimes look at the God of the Old Testament the God of this psalm as being different some people look at him as being different from the God of the New Testament mm. and God's glory is still just as, as fearful as full of awe for us as it was for the children of Israel uh, God is still that all-consuming fire, and God's voice, um, which, by the way, this was described as, and I had a question of my own about that, the comparison of the voice of God to the word of God, and we would have to unmute lots of other people to ha have a conversation about that. But Psalm uh, 29 says, the God of glory thunders, and I love that thought, this the thundering, powerful voice of God. God is speaking in this world in quite a um, subdued way, is that fair to say? Through the word of God and Elsie, you know, if that atheist that you were mentioning was brought face to face with God, they would have no doubt and one day they will be. So God one day is going to speak again in thunder and the things that can be shaken will be shaken and the word of God will not be shaken. It will remain forever. I actually forgot your question, Steve, I'm sorry. A slight um, change of topic, really moving into the second part of the psalm which obviously is focused on God's word one of the things you said which caught my attention was we ought to be excited by doctrine it's not dry it's a source of joy now one of the things that I think I think is true about God's word amongst Christians today I'm talking about Christianity broadly is it it divides Christians Doctrine in particular divides Christians where we have different interpretations of, of what scripture actually means. And, and um, we were thinking of how it is enlightening and um, brings light to the eyes, brings direction is the, the point you're you making out of that. 
You also drew us to Second Peter 1 and 21, which talks about um, the, the, the scriptures not being the interpretation of, of the prophets themselves, but the revelation of God. So th this matter of, um, of interpretation versus revelation and how scripture often divides Christians, which is so contrary to what the Lord Jesus wants. He, 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 his prayer was that we might be united and that unity might be based on, on his word. So how do we, how do we um, approach the scriptures in a way that um, overcomes this division that there seems to be uh, amongst Christians themselves? Now, I'm very glad this is a question and response, because if this was a question and answer, that would, that would be wonderful to answer that question in, in a way that every uh, Christian would willingly accept, wouldn't it? Um, I think doctrines should be things that give us joy. Uh, John says uh, the things that he saw and beheld and handled concerning the word of life bring him into fellowship with the word of life and with God. And then he says with others, making our joy full. So that unity of things, that bringing together uh, is a thing that gives joy. And surely the doctrine of God, those precepts of God, the truths that are true about God and, and about his word um, are things that are right and they rejoice the heart. So they, they give us the best path to find joy. Um, scriptures often tells us about the things that are, are best. Right? So uh, Psalm 27, David says, one thing I've asked of the Lord that I'll seek after them. I dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Uh, and he, he explains his reasoning for that. He says, that I might behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. The best view of God, as David was expressing it there, is from the place of truth of the house of God. He says, that's where I want to be in order that I might behold the beauty of the Lord. And that should rejoice the heart, shouldn't it? So the doctrines of God are things that bring us together. You mentioned John 17, and we would need to go to that for a fuller answer, I suppose. Jesus said of John the Baptist, John the Baptist was going to bring families together, fathers back to sons, etc. And John the Baptist was a person who brought, uh, who's, who prepared the way of the Lord, who brought men together. Then it says of the Lord Jesus that he came to divide men. So Jesus Christ should be the, the one who divides. And that division should be those who are in Christ from those who are not. Uh, and I realize I'm skirting around your question just a little. Because Jesus should be the one division. And yet, if you look at Christianity, there are thousands, aren't there? So I would, for me, go back again to Peter and to realize that the scriptures were given by divine inspiration and that they are to be read that way. He said, just turning to that, which we already read, uh, but know this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter for one's own interpretation. When we interpret them ourselves and when we take them ourselves, we distort them and we end up in the place where Peter was talking about people who distorted the word of God, taking it out of context. So uh, I suppose we have to see every facet and they have to sit all together. You could take a statement like Peter makes and say baptism saves and you could uh, pull that out of context, that one facet of the way that Peter was describing uh, a particular truth there, and you could pull that one facet out, enlarge it bigger than it's supposed to be, and change the shape of 
the, the gem of the scriptures. So we need to take the whole thing, uh, the whole of scriptures and their context and appreciate them. So it's an interpretation of the spirit and those things. And with a, an appreciation that they should always bring us to unity, that they should be things that bring us together. John 17, as you've alluded to, the Lord says, I pray that they be one, even as you and I are one. And if he stopped there, we would say, oh, well, that could be the, the church, the body of Christ, the extent guaranteed unity that exists between Christians. But he says, so that the world might know that you sent me. The world can only see nature and the things that God has made. They see the glory. But a united people, united in a way that the world can see, that's a people who are obediently following, listening, walking according to the doctrines of God. So again, that same passage, sanctify them according to the truth. Your word is truth. Pilate asked that penetrating question, what is truth? And, and that's where humans... I guess they're falling over constantly, aren't they? Coming to the question, what is truth? Your word is truth. It would be some useful things just to lay out then. As we've said, the word of God is not open to interpretation. It must be understood by revelation of the spirit of God. And that, that revelation never opposes anything else in the word of God. Each facet sits and lines up correctly alongside each other. Uh, and so we shouldn't enlarge one doctrine or shrink another. Uh, we shouldn't ignore one and only apply another. And so holding the whole, the whole thing. Uh, and I, as I said, I think the whole um, point of these things is to bring us into fellowship. If we find there are things, yeah, I think that's a, a necessary thing. I wish there was, I wish we could unmute a few people in here and have a better answer, but that's where I would be. Able to. No, it's very, very helpful. I love the thought about um, the scriptures having different facets, like a jewel and you, you look at it holistically but from different perspectives to get the truth to get the whole whole message and that alludes to the principles of, of uh, interpretation that you've talked about things like context um, and you know um, looking at scripture in the likes in the light of scripture that kind of thing so uh, very helpful but um, I have a practical question which um, certainly I would like some help on personally, um, and, I, and I think I'm probably not, not the only one, but Psalm 19 is, is so full, isn't it, of the all-sufficiency of God's word. It's um, reviving the soul, making wise the simple, giving joy to the heart, giving light to the eyes. You know, and um, Paul says to Timothy that, you know, by it a young man is is complete, fully equipped for God's service. And I think those of us who live by or endeavor to live by the scriptures, we, we know in our hearts it is all these things. But the reality is that it's often difficult to commit the amount of time to it that we, we ought to. And I, I mean, not just daily reading, but, but proper study and meditation. So my question is, given all the, that we've learned, um, about the the all sufficiency of of scripture and the completeness of it how would you encourage someone who felt they were struggling to give the bible and the word of god the amount of time it deserves in their lives i suppose it comes to priorities doesn't it as it so often does uh, with us um 
in the same way that atheists struggle, I think, with not believing in a God because of creation, they struggle to believe in the God who created all these things because of how he's and who he's revealed himself to be. Sometimes we pick up the word with preconceived ideas or desires that, of the things that we'll find them in. Um, I say that because it's important to read the word of God willingly to hear what God wants to say to us. And sometimes it's painful reading, isn't it? Sometimes it hurts. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Sometimes God has to say things to us that we don't want to hear. And uh, we live in a world where we can easily hear any message we want nowadays. So that's a starting point, I think, is looking up and realizing God is higher, greater than me. And a willingness to submit to that is a starting point for appreciating the ability to desire the, the word of God. The psalmist, I like that. We didn't touch on it very much, or I didn't, and I intended to. He says, um, more to be desired are they than gold. Uh, and then he says, yes, than much fine gold. And I love that. He, he says, it's a comparison, not just to the, something that the world regards as exceedingly precious, or even the measure of value as gold is. But he says, more than much, so it's a quantity, more than much fine gold, so it's a quality. And he's saying that the scriptures are more desirable than a quantity of fine of the fine gold of the measure of the wealth of the world. So I guess we would need to get to a point where we have a routine, where we prioritize the word of God. For me, routines help in that way, um, to have a time when we read it. And those routines can help us to get through some of those times when when it does feel difficult. As humans, we all know how true that is. So um, yeah, having a routine time to read the word of God and to study the word of God, setting time to it and prioritizing it, and putting God in his proper place, that this is not us using the word of God. This is the word of God using us. This is his word being applied to us, to have an effect on us, not us, an effect on the word. Thank you. Uh, um, if I am permitted to add something to what you've said, one of the things that I, I personally have appreciated in lockdown, and it, it's today as well, is listening to ministry. Um, you know, that also is God's word, of course. Uh, using his servants to expound um, the meaning of God's word. And I mean, the spirit gives us an appetite and it, it's very encouraging to see all the, the uh, participants today because we, we have a God-given, a spirit-given appetite for God's word. And when, when we have that and exercise it, it's delightful. So quite an inspiration is Psalm 19 for uh, us to develop um, a more healthy appetite, I think, individually and, and also as God's people listening together to um, his word being taught. Uh, very important. Mr. Woods, have we still got time for, another, for one last question? So um, I have one last one, which really takes us to maybe the punchline of, of the psalm. Um, and you know, you get the, the sense that David, and I love the expression you've given us about looking up. Seems like looking up might be the answer to all of these questions that yeah. as we look down and we get bogged down. As we look, look up, we get lifted up. But we have the, the sense of, of David um, appreciating God's glory in creation. 
and appreciating God's glory in his word that was um, so much more limited to in David's experience than what it is in us. But um, we go to the last verse and, and he says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's as though that these things um, just almost like spontaneously led David into worship. And my question is, how important is God's word in our prayer lives and worship, do you think? Yeah, well, very. I think if you wanted a really short answer, very important. Um, the, the words, there's definitely a link in the psalmist's thought to... Um, Places in the previous scriptures in Joshua and Deuteronomy where God had commanded people that their lips, that the word of God should be on their lips. And that is the thing that pleases God. Um, this Proverbs say that Jesus, or wisdom which created, through which all things were created, was daily his delight. God's delight is in his son. And his son is his word. And us having that word on our lips is a thing that must surely delight God. And it's kind of a, a joyful um, progression through the psalm then that the stars proclaim the, essentially the stars proclaim the glory of God and, and that the word of God uh, his, and his handiwork, the things that God has done proclaim his glory. And then we have his word, which proclaims his glory to us even more fully. And, and we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then he says to us, that we can reflect that glory as well, that we can be like the stars, uh, a handiwork of God that glorifies God. The best way to do that surely is to have, uh, to be pleasing to him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So that's where it begins. Uh, and that that faith is based on the word of God and, and has us filled with that. So yeah, the meditation of our hearts and minds, I think one of the useful things then is if we're establishing a daily pattern of reading, uh, or as most I'm sure would have already done, to take those words that we've enjoyed in ourselves and present them then in worship or in prayer to God. It is useful, isn't it, to pray the word of God. And if like me, when you have even well-known verses in your head, you still find yourself misquoting them, then read them. Read them in the presence of God and read them with God. It is good to have God's word hidden in our hearts and meditated in our mind, but sometimes we need to have our eyes open to behold it as well if our memories are lacking. So I don't think God minds us reading his word in his presence. <laughs> so there's an expression, pray the word of God and worship uh, using the word of God. My mind goes to Psalm 45. My mm. heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses with the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. That's the the stuff of worship that is a consequence of our us appreciating God's glory through his word. I think yeah. our time has gone. Um, thank you very much, brother, for being on the hot seat. And um, something tells me it's not over yet. So maybe there'll, there'll be more. Look forward to joining you.